The Apostle Paul is no slow starter. It sometimes seems as if he just presses the button and off he goes. It's evident, for example, when he writes to the church in Ephesus, where his letter simply explodes into life with this great catalogue of blessings, and we're soaring up into the sky and trying to keep hold of the Apostles' coattails. On a more personal level, it's there in the beginning of his letter to Titus, where he writes... Paul, a bondservant of God and and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness, in hope of eternal life which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Saviour, to Titus, a true son in our common faith." That introduction goes in a number of different directions. It's not uh, a scattergun approach, but there's a a thrill, there's an awareness of the, the majesty of God, there's a sense of the responsibility and duty that has been committed to the apostle as a, a messenger of the Lord to speak of salvation. There's a consciousness of the, the beauty and the stability of the truth, the excellence of that truth as it points us to, uh, moves us toward real godliness so that all who believe are transformed uh, by degrees in this life into the image of God's Son. And it is all in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. The gospel gives us faith It gives us something, someone to lay hold of. It holds out to us Christ and tells us of his saving work so that we may rest upon him in order to be delivered from our sins. But with faith also comes hope, hope of eternal life. This hope, as we've said before, and we may yet say again, is not a vague expectation It's not a mere possibility, it is the confidence of something that is certain but just hasn't happened yet. And a Christian has the hope of eternal life. We know that in us now there is this life everlasting, the same life that was in Christ Jesus, the same power by which he was raised from the dead is now at work in us. We are now seated with him in the heavenly places. And having that in us now, having received the the down payment of the inheritance in the gift of the Holy Ghost, we know that we will one day come to enjoy the fullness of the experience of that eternal life at the return of Jesus Christ. Now, how can we be so sure? Where does this certainty come from? What is it that makes our hope more than a mere possibility? It is that God who cannot lie, promised this life before time began. Now, it may be that that language carries us back to the very beginning of the history of the world, when in the the muck of the fall, God was pleased to bring forth a diamond of promise and to assure us of a champion who would come on behalf of lost mankind to trample upon the head of the serpent. But it may point back even further, to the the covenant of God, the, the eternal purposes of the Godhead to save his people from their sins and to bring them to himself. 
Is that not a wonderful and comforting thought for God's people? When we talk about the hope of eternal life, it rests upon the promises of God himself, a God who is true, a God who is truth, a God who does not and cannot lie. For to say anything false would be to empty himself, to deny himself, essentially to destroy himself. God, the God of truth, has spoken. And from before the beginning, in his own triune councils, he has determined that his people will obtain everlasting life. And every promise that he makes after that is in the light of that assurance. So that the gospel we have, the Christ we believe, the truth that we proclaim is one that is resting upon the promise of God and that points always to a hope of eternal life, an unlying, unchanging God and his most certain promises in Christ Jesus.